This is episode number 136 of the Homeowner Show. Whether you're DIY or looking to hire, we're here to help you find the best information and options for you and your home. My name is Kevin Hackett, and here with me is Craig Williams. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Homeowner Show. We're glad that you could be with us for this epic episode of the Homeowner Show here in the Homeowner Show studios that has decided to try and murder us. <laughs> <laughs> if I had any hair left, it would be pulled out pulled by out. now. So <laughs> yes. the, the technology at the homeowner show, it's not lacking. It's just uncooperative. Oh, we have plenty of technology. We got plenty of audio devices. Why is it so difficult? I don't know. I don't know either. We're going we're gonna to figure it out, guys. We're, 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 we're working hard to get this content out to you guys. We're staying up. We're, we're grinding the midnight oil and then the yeah. tomorrow's oil. Yeah. And all the oils. The yes. oils are being consumed and grinded and, yes. <laughs> so, all of the things, for and sure. And on top of that, like, I'm swole on my neck. Oh, yeah. I see it. It's so, right there. Yeah. I'm... Can, do I need to like? Is that is that a better angle? Oh can, yeah. Yeah. Is that oh, better? It yeah. It looks like you were like sunburned really bad. Uh, yeah. Well, what happened is, uh, if you follow my business page, um, you, you might have heard my confessions of screaming like a little girl, um, which is accurate, <laughs> uh, because a uh, I was installing six hives uh, on my property, six hives of bees, and one uh, daring bee. Yeah. Uh, ended its life yeah yes uh quickly by somehow sneaking inside my bee suit and then stinging me in the behind my ear and so <laughs> it, it didn't get the usual comical response that is my usual response which is like to swell up my face and i look like sloth from the goonies um but the venom just decided to like work its way down my neck and so like it like i can't like turn and it's just all stiff, and it's unpleasant. Well, it makes all of us happy. So <laughs> <laughs> I do I do it all for you guys. Yeah, I, I wish we just had a video of the whole event. Like whenever you put new new hives in, right? New you know bee. Whenever you put new bees on your property, you just need to start a camera because I've I've done that before. And like, here's the thing: like I put on the camera anticipating that I'm going to get something funny. Yeah, and then nothing happens. Well, you need to do it so more often. I, I feel like it's better just to have the story that I can recount later rather than actually catch my humiliation on video. So I got to tell you, like, if anyone ever sees me, like, install a package of bees and they've never seen a package of bees installed, it would freak them out. Yeah. I mean, it's it's basically like a, a one-foot box by one-foot box, like kind of a rectangle cubish looking thing with a circle hole in the top. You unplug the circle, you pull the queen out, and then you shake the bees out of the box. Oh. Yeah. Well, that sounds terrifying. Well, for them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they're going to be terrified. The, the weird part is, man, is like, you know, 90% of them do nothing. They, they just, just kind of they just kind of fall in the box. Really? Yeah. It's the other 10% that, you know, sting the ever-living hell out of you. Yeah, the, those 10% are very pissed. Yes. Yeah. And they're carrying the anger of generations of bees before them that were squished and yeah and they take it out a lot on my face which is an unfortunate demise for them right but um i mean, I mean how dare they, they mess with this chiseled perfection 
Um, I'm not going to go there right now. No. Because you like girls. I get it. I do. (laughs) I do very much so. (laughs) It's weird for other men to compliment their handsomeness. I get it. It's fine. But you you can keep it suppressed. I'm I'm fine with complimenting my own. Uh Uh-huh. But then do also... That must not happen very often. No, of course not. (laughs) Of course not. I'm fine with it. I just don't get to very often. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, So. what what do we got going on today, Kev? All right. Well, so uh, today we've got a fun episode for you guys. We've got a... Uh, a, a fun, uh, interesting guest here. We, we, so, so when we push this out, we're gonna kind of ask, ask a question here, like, what is a real estate broker? Because I don't really know. Yeah. But we've got Patrick Morales uh, with us today. Patrick, thank you for joining us today. We're gonna bring you in. If you don't mind, just tell us a little bit about you and uh, what you do, and and we'll kind of go from there. Okay. So um, for a little correction. I'm actually a mortgage broker. Mortgage yeah. broker. There you go. That's a yes. big difference. Absolutely little, big yeah, difference. A little difference. <laughs> so, I don't, what, what, I mean, like probably probably just right off the bat, tell us why there is a difference there. Well, the real estate agent uh, is the one that helps you find the property and negotiate the contract to buy the property uh, or to lease the property. Um, as a mortgage broker, I'm the person that helps you find the financing. Um, there you go. Most people cannot buy the house without the financing for the for the uh, purchase. Uh, and I'm a mortgage broker, which is a little different than a banker. Uh, has to use only the uh, products of the loan lending products that are available to that bank. And uh, for me, I'm a mortgage broker, so I have I actually have more than a hundred different lenders that I can use. To finance a, a deal, so if it's financially, mathematically possible, and legal, and moral, I can actually find the right uh, process to get somebody financed to to, to, care, to take care of their purchase. Okay, so so let, let me see if I get this straight. So a bank only has certain options available to them. So if you go through a bank to get a house financed, you you just use whatever. Whatever product they have, that's your option. But if you go through Correct. a yeah, so if you go through a mortgage broker like you, there's a possibility that you're still reaching out to that very same bank because they're an option. But you've got lots of other banks and lenders that could also equally be an option, or um, maybe they're not the best option. Am I am I getting that straight? Yes, correct. Um, to give you an example, one of my friends uh, owns an auto shop, and he does he does pretty well. But the problem is, is he's a business, and as a business, he can actually write off quite a bit of his income. So it doesn't show a regular W two income. So he went to a bank, a general big bank, and asked him for a loan, and they said no, they couldn't do it because he showed no income. Truth of the matter is, he's got a lot of income coming in, going out, but taxable, all all legal and doing it the right way for uh, the tax man. Uh, he shows no income, or actually, he shows little income. Yeah, um, yeah he's not I doing anything a, un- a unethical lender. there. I was just saying, no, everything's legal. I mean, yeah. you, you've heard the stories where uh, Amazon paid zero one year, right, in taxes, in, though it made billions of dollars. Yeah. Um, Obviously, in a much smaller um, 
situation. Uh, so he couldn't get a regular loan. So I told him he's got to talk to me. Unfortunately, he went with someone else. He got it taken care of. But he did. But he did talk to me later. And I said, "What you do is is what's called a statement loan. It's designed for people who are self-employed. Uh, so most banks do not handle the self-employed pretty well. Uh, they either don't have the products for it, they don't have the programs for it, or, like in his case, they just said they couldn't do it. They didn't say someone else couldn't do it. They said. They couldn't do it. Yeah, they're, uh, they're just so, not in. They're not interested in taking on that type of risk, right? Correct. Yes. Uh, so there, there, there are investors out there. They specialize in certain risks, no matter what. Uh, so, I mean, I could find people who do with hard money. If you want to do house flips, you want to buy and sell a house within a couple months. Um, there are special lenders for that. Um, and there's business lenders, there's um, lenders for people who haven't gotten all their paperwork in order for uh, the United States yet. So they don't have a green card, so a regular banks have to say, no, we can take care of it. I can also take care of uh, DACA kids. Um, because I have over 100 lenders that I can go to. So... These these people that you're using are these instruments that you're using. They're they're not banks, then, are they? I'm sorry. Say it again. I, I was I was asking. So these these products that you're actually able to have access to are they're not you're not getting these from banks. You're getting these from like independent investors and and and, and what are, what are the different entities that you're you're pulling these loans from? Right. Well, you can get uh, they're um, institutional investors. They are uh, also some. Uh, uh, hedge fund investors, and there's also companies that all they do is they lend in a particular niche because they know that uh, that industry better. Uh, so, like most of the people who do uh, hard money lending for people who do home flips, they started pretty much as a, a flipper on their own, and then they became a lender. Okay. So they they just understand that. So so they're willing to take on a certain amount of risk because they understand. The process, whereas um, some like, like take a take a bank for example, that they, they're not they probably never flipped a house. They they you know so that's not a big deal for them uh, because they don't know what they're doing. So I mean it is a big sorry it is a big deal for them because they don't know what they're doing. So they don't understand the risk. They don't care to understand the risk. So go find someone that actually understands it. Use them right. Right, because a bank, uh, they work with normal people who are having a regular bank account, regular checking account, uh, so they already attract um, you know, a particularly huge number of clients and customers that easily fit the box that they have for most of their customers. So the majority of the people work W-2, you know, they, they do their taxes like normal every year, there's nothing complex about it, and the banks love that. Okay, so... I, the first loan we ever got, um, we, we, I, I don't, I don't remember. Uh, I, I know that we went through some sort of a, a, a broker, but I don't remember how we arrived where we arrived. But we arrived with uh, Bank of America being the lender that that we went with. They were able to get us the best rate, um, so so we went with that. Um, I, I didn't really care as long as I got the best rate, right? Um, but then about three months after we had our loan, 
Bank of America then sold our loan to someone else, and we essentially had to start paying an, another bank, another another lender, so to speak, um, for that. Um, why would something like that happen? Do you see that often? Is that something that you, that you notice happens often? Yes, that happens all the time. It happens very often uh, because the company that services the loan basically does the collections of the, of the payments, does the uh, tax information of the payments, does the amortization of the payments, and shows that everything's taken care of. So if you pay a little extra, they have to uh, adjust that um, principal amount every time. That's the servicer. Even though you pay Bank X, the actual loan is owned by someone else. Hmm. Okay. Um, so it's like a it's so, like a it's like a third party that is collecting things for the actual bank that is servicing the loan. Is that is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. Um, most loans uh, for most regular people are sold. Uh, they're sold in um, the secondary markets called uh, mortgage-backed securities. Uh, the great thing about that is that it actually frees up money for the next loan, for the next purchaser, the next buyer. Um, that's actually one of the few good things that the government has gotten right. Uh, now they messed it up since then, but when they first started, uh, FHA was great because what ends up happening was they made it so uh, if a loan met a certain criteria, they can sell it to an investor. Uh, so the investor would do the collecting of the money actually through a servicer, but the would take care of it and take that risk. Um, and then that freed up the bank to do more loans. Um, so that think about it exponentially. Every bank, every bank, including the big ones, um, sells almost all of their loans. Uh, the few and far between ones are the ones that are portfolio and they hold on to. But almost everything is, is sold off to the mortgage-backed securities, which again frees up money for the next uh, investment, the next home, the next purchase. So, so then, do you do you see that a lot of times once that loan is sold, that it stays with that second company, or does it sometimes get sold again? Uh, most of the times, it goes. So, which will handle it for most of the rest of the life of the loan. Um, usually, by then, uh, somebody will refinance or sell and go to another uh, pro- property um, before it gets sold again. But I have seen it where. People's homes, you know, people's homes, people's uh, mortgages have been sold off to several different lenders. Um, but on the average, most of the times it's uh, few and far between. And then th- there are some uh, lenders that have their own servicing um, system and their own servicing company because they want to keep it in house. Yeah, I, I I think this is really huge uh, for for. For people to understand, because I, I know that the first time that my loan got sold, uh, I, I just didn't understand what was happening. I was very confused. I didn't know why. I was like, look, we did this. Are we going to pay more for this? I, I think that this is just something that is important, especially for like a first-time home buyer to understand this is normal. So you should almost expect this to happen, um, and it's not that your mortgage lender – whether it's uh, you, Patrick, or, or somebody else, whoever the mortgage lender is, um, or the broker, sorry. It's not that the broker did anything wrong or that 
you know, they're the ones now doing something else. It's just that that's the way banks do business with mortgages, right? Correct. And, then, and a good mortgage broker or good mortgage lender uh, will advise their customer, yes, it will most likely be sold off. Or in, in certain cases with some of my lenders, I know that they love to hold on to their loans. Yeah. Um, so it depends on the, it depends on the lender. Okay. So, so Patrick, with, with some of these uh, more unique uh, lending opportunities that, that you provide, are, are, are you able to get the same sort of like competitive rates that some of the banks are getting right now or in some of the same terms? Or are they, are they different because they're for different kinds of uh, buyers and investors? Right. Once you add risk, you're going to have added cost. Right. Um, so, I mean, think about this. Uh, who would you lend $250,000 to? Um, if you lend it to somebody who put down $50,000, you'll feel a little more secure than somebody who put down $5,000. Uh, your security would be a little different if you put it down with somebody who has a regular job or somebody who just started his own business. Mm -hmm. uh, so the risks vary. So depending on what the situation is. Uh, so like in the case of um, my friend who's had a bank statement loan, you'll have to put more down, but the rate's a little bit higher again, because the risk is, is high, is how higher because uh, somebody who owns a business can have one, two, three bad months. Right. Um, versus somebody who has a, you know, a government job with a salary that just stays the same for the next 20 years. Well, and, and when you say put put more down, I mean, like some people look like like an FHA loan and they go, well, I've only got to put 3% down. So when, when you're talking about more, are you talking about like more than more than 10, more than 20? Um, or is it just case by case basis? Um, there's there's so many different cases. Uh, so. If you're talking something sim similar like uh, I was talking about with the bank statement loans, you're talking at least putting 20% down. Okay. Um, if you're talking about some of these jumbo loans, if somebody's buying a $5 million house, most of the times you know, the ones that get the really best rates for a jumbo loan, they're putting down 50%. Oh, wow. Um, I mean, but at them, sorry, a jumbo loan at $2 million, I can get them at 10% down. Okay. Which, I mean, that, that's a significant difference. Yes. Yeah. I mean, most of the times when you see somebody buying a mansion, $11 million, <laughs> um, they, they're putting down a sizable amount in real cash and then and then financing as much as they can. But then again, if you free up $6 million out of your $11 million purchase to work with um, – you do a lot more six million dollars than just leave it sitting in a house. Hmm. So, but on on those jumbo loans, you're you're going to typically pay a higher interest rate. Is that is that accurate? Yes, because you have a little different risk there. Even though somebody puts down a lot more percentage wise, um, houses of that value don't move in thirty days, ninety days. Um, some houses like that, you know, you put up for sale and maybe you'll sell it within a year. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so but, there's a bigger risk there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, but like you don't have to buy an $11 billion house. Isn't that, isn't that like line of demarcation somewhere around five fifty, six hundred thousand? 
Okay, so what you're talking about there is is uh, the conforming loan. Um, I'm trying to remember. It's like uh, $540,100, okay. something like that, uh, where you can get the better rates because you're at that amount or less. Okay, yeah. Uh, once you go above that, you go into jumbo realms, right. which there are different guidelines, different rules, and generally a little bit higher rate. Yeah, and, and the only reason I, I know anything about that is because we've, we've considered buying some land, and, and whenever you start getting into that that category, um, and, and then I was having to be educated on different types of loans at that point, and that all of a sudden this word jumbo showed up, and I'm like, what, what does that even mean? And so um, the, one of the things just to know whenever it comes to that is um, – the amount you have to put down can offset some of those things as well. So um, I, I think that there's a lot here to, to kind of explore whenever it comes to getting creative with your financing, uh, which a lot of banks just aren't willing to do. They're not willing to, to get creative with the financing because, to be quite honest, they don't need to. They don't need to. They're yeah. they're fine with you right. having a checking account and a savings account and a car loan through them. Um, they don't really. I mean, they don't want to get creative. They'd rather <laughs> someone else take on that risk. Right, because the sheer number of people and customers that they have, they can take you know only the ones that fit that small box that that fit nice and neatly in there. Yeah. Yeah. So do you have a certain type of loan that you really enjoy doing? Is there something that, um, you know, maybe it's just the standard run-of-the-mill, you know, $150,000 to $200,000 house, or do you like the creative part of it? Oh, that's that's a that's a loaded question. <laughs> so, um, the thing is, I mean, I, I – I like the uh, the easy ones. I like the ones where people come in with, uh, uh, you know, they fit into the bank box, but they come to me because they know I can beat the bank rate. Um, so I love those. They're 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 usually quick and easy. Um, the people, you know, have their paperwork in order. Their credit rate's good. Spending every dime that they can. So great loan. Um, but then when I get somebody uh, like one of my uh, recent customers where um, uh, they're a veteran. Uh, something happened and their credit score is not as good as it should be. Um, I found them the right bank to go to so I can get them in there. It was a bit of a, a work, <laughs> uh, a real big job to get it done and find that and uh, find the right place. Uh, lots of extra paperwork, but um it, that I actually I enjoy those more because it, it makes a much bigger uh, difference in somebody's situation. Um, I have another one where um, I spent a year helping them fix their credit score, and now they are buying their first house, and it's it's a nice size house. Um, so because they actually listened to what I told them to do, um, they followed the plan. And, you know, I, yeah, I mean. Um, there's a you know you do a couple of little blips and your credits uh, changed, yeah. So um, that can actually make a big difference if somebody wants to get into a home. And then if you think about it, uh, with today's rates as low as they are, um, if somebody's got to fix their credit and it's going to take a year, who knows where the rate's going to be next year? Yeah. yeah. 
So I, I tell him that's a good that's case. Let's see what you can do to get you into the house now, because, you know, if you're um, spend, spending fifteen hundred dollars in rent, that's eighteen thousand dollars if you wait one more year. Yeah, nobody wants to be looking back, going, "Man, I wish I would have." Yeah, it's just that that's not a great situation. On on the one you mentioned uh, just before that was it was that a VA loan? Yes, a VA loan. So VA, uh, the actual guidelines with VA, they don't require credit um, because it's a guaranteed loan. Mm-hmm. But the lenders, the ones that actually put the money out, um, they actually have to have some sort of credit to know that the borrower can repay because it's not only just about getting them into the loan uh, – it's also about getting them into a loan that they won't default on. Right. Um, nobody wants their their banks, that their loans, their borrowers getting foreclosed on. It's never a win for somebody. Never win for the bank either. Yeah. But you're what I, what I heard you say about it is pretty much what I've heard over and over and over again about VA loans. Is it was a lot of paperwork. It took a lot of time and it was a lot of headache. Um, which I mean, like, for me, is just irritating because like these. VA programs were, were put in in order to help veterans, and it really just makes it. I mean, like it, it provides them a good financial vehicle to buy a home and, and to get into a home, but it's so difficult for them to do it. And it's like I don't I don't know that this is actually like productive towards the end goal that we were trying to do, which was make it easier for veterans to buy a home. Right. And like well, I know a lot of people that just me, won't even, me, won't even mess with it. So yeah. Yeah. Well, let me interject. It was that particular case that was challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, if you get somebody with a, a veteran loan and they have reasonable credit and they have uh, reasonable income, their, their their loans are actually pretty easy. Oh, it's it. So uh, it, it really depends to, on the you person. You just have to follow the rules. Okay. Yeah. The, 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 the challenge with that one was it was the credit. Yeah. The, the one thing that that you just have to realize, though, from what I from my own experience, is that uh, we we actually sold a home uh, that was being purchased with a VA loan, and the VA loan is a huge service to the military, being able to get them into good housing, and they go to great lengths to make sure that that house is a good house and for it's them. in good yeah. condition for them. It's a fantastic fantastic thing for the buyer however it is it's a lot of red tape and it's going to take a while it takes longer for those to close typically unless you got a really really good uh you know lender out there um a broker for example um who's who's really staying on top of things uh for you uh but you know the inspection has got to be that it's just got to be perfect and um they're gonna they're gonna typically they're going to make sure everything is perfect in order for that to happen. Is is that has that been your experience as well, Patrick? Did we lose him? Nope, he's back. You got yep, me, Patrick. We, yeah, we just had a little uh, um, <laughs> wireless issue. That's okay. Did you hear my question? Well, I mean, I heard. So uh, with veterans loans uh, for the seller. They really don't have to worry about it. The uh, the challenge um, with a veteran loan is going to be as long as it takes to get the uh, VA appraisal taken care of. 
Um, and then the inspection is usually a little more uh, rigid. Yeah, 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 um, definitely. Um, otherwise, I mean, you should be able to a, a good mortgage lender, a good mortgage broker should be able to close a VA lend a VA loan in the same time as any other loan. Okay. Which I I, I don't doubt that, but I like. I think about the market that we're in right now. Like I had a I had a real estate friend of mine tell me the other day she had a listing, and within two days she had 25 cash offers. Jeez. And I, I can imagine a seller like you get 25 cash offers, and out of those 25, you got you know, like you know two of those are VA loans. And if they've had any experience selling their home, they might just pass on those because they know that it, you know well I've got you know 23 other offers here that aren't VA, and I'm not going to have to go through as much. That that's really my issue with it is it, like it really seems like it, like it. It magnifies it in this market right now where buyers are going to get passed over because there's so many other people trying to buy that property with, you know, easier vessels that are, you know, favorable to the seller than they are favorable to the to the person trying to use that, that VA loan. That That's really my my beef with it right now. Um, right. I mean, yeah, if you have somebody with a cash offer um, or more down offer – they're definitely going to have an edge over somebody who has a, a VA loan or a, an FHA loan yeah. or a USDA loan. Yeah. And, and so, and she, and she was actually telling me like she has some VA clients right now and her, I mean, and they're insisting on using the VA loan and she's like, well, you're just gonna have to be patient. Yeah. Cause I mean, it's, 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 it's crazy right now. I mean, like, like literally houses are staying on the market like two days around here. Mm-hmm. So. I know I've, I've been reaching out to all my builder friends and saying, "Hey, let's go find a place and start building homes." And yeah, let's do it. We'll sell them before <laughs> before they before we're you know done with the paint. They literally <laughs> would. They would. I mean, they just have to have the the plots. So we we know a really good builder. If you wanna <laughs> if you wanna hook up, we can. We, yeah, we know a few. Yeah, we we can we can hook you up with that. Well, I, I okay, think that sounds good. Yeah, I think that um, it, it's. What what you're what you're telling me sounds really good. Um, one of the things that I'm curious about is, let, let's say that I'm looking to to buy a home, but I'm not exactly sure if I qualify, and um, maybe I'm not ready to 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 do a hard credit pull because I'm you know I've been working on my credit or whatever the case is. I'm just not quite ready to do that, but I really need to have an idea in my head about what I can afford and what I can't afford and honestly from my experience a, a realtor just doesn't know that information um, they're, they're typically not going to be able to, to to go okay tell me how much you make and how much you owe and you know who want, who who has control of your money and all that kind of <laughs> stuff and and be able to give you a good idea of what you are going to qualify for um, is that something that that you can help with or is it really look you need to get a credit pool in order to make this happen okay so you definitely will need to do a credit pool to make it happen that you really do it's not uh, no lender is going to let you do a, a loan a regular loan uh without um without a credit pool yeah but i get uh, let me let me hold on, hold on. i, I don't want to yeah. cut you off i just want to make sure that i'm that i'm stating my question correctly I, I just want to know where I'm at. I'm not ready for the loan yet. I'm not ready to buy yet. I'm just kind of trying to figure out, can I qualify for anything? Is it a hundred thousand? Is it two hundred thousand? Is it five hundred thousand? Can I qualify for something? 
does that automatically require a credit pool or is that something you can help with? No, uh, most people have some idea where their credit is if they're being realistic. Um, most people know if they struggle to pay their their bills every month or they don't. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, if somebody's reasonable and, and um, honest, uh, I can give them an idea of what they're uh, ready to do. Um, I find it as the challenge is uh, that so many there's so many zero down programs out there that everybody's touting, mm. but not everybody fits into that. Not every property fits into that. Uh, so there are people who think that you can buy a house with nothing, and that is not true. You have to have some assets to get in there. You have to have income. You have to have um, a job. You have to be able to do something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's. Um, but Patrick, I got this really big stimulus yeah. check. <laughs> five thousand yeah. dollars what's the top three ways you could spend that <laughs> go listen to our last episode yeah. we tell you right but um but for certain people who got that stimulus check that might actually be the tipping point whether they can buy a house now or they have to wait still sure um uh, but i mean i don't know if you guys remember last year when they did that first stimulus mm-hmm the day that came out, I saw people going out of the stores with brand new TVs. Oh, yep. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, it's actually good for the economy to keep it going, but you want the TV or you want to save a little bit and buy the house? Right. Yeah. So Most people opted for the TV. Yeah. The, yep. the, yeah, <laughs> I, I think it was a little bit different whenever we got this last stimulus check. Because it was more than double what the first one was, so I think that that really, really helped. Um, people probably saw that as a different level of money. They're like, okay, yeah, what what can we do to either save this or invest this or or move it forward? Right. Um, those sorts of Hopefully things. Hopefully, they did. I hope so. Yeah. But you you yeah. really did answer my question there, Patrick. Uh, that you you can at least give me a roundabout answer and. That doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be spot on. That you, look, I can pinpoint it's going to be this much or it's going to be that much. But help me right. understand. Um, l- let's say that I'm ready to start really looking for houses, and there's something out there that my realtor is telling me that I need called uh, I, need, I need like a, a qualifying uh, letter of some sort from a, from a lender. Um, to be pre-qualified in order to buy this house. Can you give me a little bit of information about what that means? Okay. So um, what, what we're talking about is actually a pre-approval letter or a pre-qualification letter. letter. Uh, what you want to do is when you go and buy a house, uh, if somebody's going to take the house off the market when you put in an offer, they need to know that you can afford the house you want to buy. Uh, a pre-qualification letter is basically I as a mortgage brokers, I talk to the person, I ask them a few questions and pretty much, you know, if the questions fit, they can afford the house. Um, A pre-approval letter requires more information. I ask them the questions. I pull their credit uh, score to see what they really owe. Um, And then I also um, saw their documentations as far as their assets, whether they have the money for the down payment, um, 
pay stubs uh, and check their their job information or their work information or their tax returns if they have a business uh, so I can verify that they have the income to buy the house. Uh, so that's a pre-approval letter. Okay. Um, so it's it's much stronger than somebody who just did a pre-qualification letter. Yeah, I, I'm, um, I'm hearing – I'm hearing that there are a lot of properties, especially during COVID right now, for, for a couple of different reasons. Partly because um, people just don't want um, a, a potential buyer to walk in their home and just look for no reason. Because um, that's more bodies in their house. They don't really want more bodies in their house because there's this virus going around. Um, but they, they want to have that that understanding that, yes, the person walking into my house has the funds available they can buy my house so what what i'm hearing is especially um in in a house that's you know 250 plus uh, dollars um that they're pretty much requiring a pre-approval letter before you can even walk onto their property are you finding that to be the case uh not necessarily okay uh, but uh, when you put in yeah it, there's no good realtor is going to take an offer without a pre-approval letter. Right. Um, uh, with the name of a, a mortgage lender, they can call and, and verify that information. There's um, a mortgage lender, I can't give them the, the information, but I can verify that, yes, they did. I did check their uh, credit. It's good I, uh, or it's adequate. Uh, I did check their income. It does, does fit. Um, stuff like that, I can't give out, you know, too much information sure. uh, that is that is actually very private yeah um but i can say hey yes this this person can't afford the house uh, i can say well i see no problems with getting to closing so um obviously sometimes you uh find out later on that there's a child support <laughs> issue <laughs> that didn't show up right um but for most cases i mean when you get the pre-approval letter uh the information they're pretty much good to go. Hmm. So then, then the whole process when everything gets checked, uh, that sometimes things are unearthed that um, somebody didn't know about. Um, so that becomes a little bit of a challenge. But most of the times, a good uh, mortgage person knows ahead of time if this deal is going to close or not. Which, Patrick, for me, raises an another question. Uh, just in, before someone steps foot in your office, what are some things that they should have nailed down before they begin to have a conversation about buying a piece of property or buying a home? I mean, what what are like sort of the key essentials that they need to have gathered up to to even have a conversation with you? Oh uh, well, you're talking about the basics of uh, understanding that you know they have to show that they have a continuity of um, employment or work for at least two years. Um, there there are other programs for people who have less than that, but most of the times you're looking, you have to have been in the same type of job or the same job for at least two years. You have to show that you have adequate income. Um, I mean, if your mortgage payment that you're looking to buy is more than half of your um, take-home pay, um, that's you know, that math is not going to work. Math is always math. <laughs> um, so you need to know that. You need to know what your credit score is now. Um, I love it that there's some programs out there and applications out there where you can see what your credit is and see what's going on. 
but what they show you on uh, these programs is um, the rosy picture the, or the consumer picture, uh, which is a little different than when they, they pull you credit for a mortgage. Because uh, the mortgage, they want to see how serious you are. Mm. Uh, so it's a little bit more stringent. Mm. So. All right. Got it. Um, I mean, the basics are your, your five C's of, uh, of, uh, of credit. I mean, it's your, your character, your, your job and what you have, your cash on hand. You have to have cash on hand. You can't buy a house without anything. Uh, your credit and show that you paid stuff back. Um, oh, great. Uh, blanked out on the other two, two C's. <laughs> uh, but, um, Conundrum. Yeah. Conundrum. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> um, so, I mean, it is really easy, but best thing to do is just talk to a mortgage broker. And even if you just tell them, look, hey, I know it's a few months out, and then I, and I know you're busy. Just take 15 minutes, talk to them, figure out what it is, and then say, hey, from now on, you talk to me. Uh, so one thing that does happen that's really interesting and it also does bug me um, is when I do a credit pull for somebody, all of a sudden the customer is getting it inundated with offers on showing them how lower rate they can get and buried in the dis, uh, in the disclosures or buried in the information is how they get there so the offers are coming into my customers yet they don't stand i have to explain to them over again um that it's it's technically not a bait and switch but it's saying that if everything was perfect you would get the absolute lowest rate Right. And no one's perfect. Every no. case is individual. Uh, so I, I try to make sure my clients know what's going on so that way I can tell them, as soon as I pull your credit, everybody's going to be calling you and telling you they could do better. If you believe it, <laughs> have them talk to me. But my goal is to get you your best deal. Now, the best deal is not always the lowest rate. Right. Sometimes it is, it is getting in the house or sometimes it is uh, working out um, a little higher rate, but getting a lender credit so that way you bring less cash to the table at closing. Mm, okay. uh, so there's so many different variables, and that's where a good mortgage person, again, um, if they interview you correctly and get enough information, can best for you. All right. So, so you you brought up a very very. Uh, important thing in my opinion and that is you, you said if they interview you correctly they ask the right questions um, then they can get you the, the best deal you know possible uh, which which I do believe a, a, a broker is a really really good way to go for that um, but how do I know um, if I'm using a good broker what what types of things should I be as, as a as a buyer what should I be looking for? I mean, do I just trust my realtor? Because a lot of times realtors have a relationship with with a certain lender uh, or broker. Um, but what what if I – how do I know? Do I just have to go on trust? Or are there some questions that I, the buyer, should be asking and should be kind of looking out for? Um, well, I mean, they're, they're, you're going to have to use a little bit of your gut. Uh, listen to the, to the person. Uh, not, I mean, the one that could rattle off the five C's all at once. Uh, unfortunately, not me. <laughs> um, 
is not not necessarily the one that um, I mean the one that knows all the details and not necessarily the one that knows or cares about you. They need to find out what you need. Um, so yeah, you ha- you're gonna have to use a little bit of uh, uh, trust, uh, a little bit of your own gut, uh, trust in your realtor. I mean, if your realtor is telling you that you can get away with doing this or that, um, the likelihood is they're gonna be working with somebody who's gonna let you get away with this or that. Um, you don't want to get away with anything in your uh, mortgage because that's actually technically could be fraud. Mm. Uh, and that could be pretty serious. Um, you do want to interview your, your mortgage broker, ask him why should I use you versus someone else? Um, look at their reputation. Um, talk to people, talk to um, some people that have worked with them before if you want to. Um, a lot of times what ends up happening is uh, once, you know, somebody's ready to buy the house, they're just ready to rock and roll and then they go with whomever they get to first. Um, so for my customers, I tell them to go ahead and use your your gut. Um, one thing that uh, sometimes the some mortgage people do is they tell you right away don't let anybody else pull your credit <laughs> because mm. it's going to kill it um if your credit is good and they pull in your credit during the time that you're shopping that is not going to hurt your credit okay now if your credit is one two three points away from being unacceptable then that would be one time you'd probably stay away from from shopping around. But if your mortgage broker is afraid of you shopping around, there's a problem. You should be concerned about that. Um, But obviously also as busy as everybody is right now, um, most people don't want to burn through too much time. Uh, Mm -hmm. They want to take care of people, uh, but they – Obviously, you don't want you to go, I'll go shopping, you know, around two weeks later and figure something out. Because if you look at the rates a couple, you know, a couple of weeks ago, a little different than they are now. Yeah. So it's a it's a balancing act between between how you can trust them. Where did you get the referral from? You get the referral from uh, a customer who's happy with the with the the broker, uh, or did you get the referral? because you clicked yes on something online. Um, I I personally would like to know that I can go to somebody's office and see their face. That's one of the things that I am. But then again, look at all this gray. I'm <laughs> a little older. <laughs> there, there, there definitely is something about being able to sit across the desk from someone and have that kind of conversation. But, I mean, I mean... A lot of deals are are brokered uh, across the phone, right? Yes, a lot of, a lot of deals, are, a lot of deals done with Zoom. Uh, I mean, many of my customers, um, I don't see now. I used to have a a, a uh, steadfast rule that I was at closing for all my customers. Uh, I never, I never really had to be there. It was mostly just for security, make my customers feel secure. Um, but once COVID hit, my customers got used to it. They're, they're, they're not expecting me to be there. Yeah. Um, but I always tell them I'm, I'm a phone call away, and I used to call them right before closing and say, hey, 
um, make sure everything is fine. You're in good hands. And I use the name of the, uh, the closer is going to be there. Um, the title closer is going to be there uh, and reassure them. And usually by that point in time, it's pretty much perfunctory. You go through the signing. Um, and then again, there's just so much to sign. Most people don't read everything. Yeah. Um, and I promise them, it's like, I will not let you get into, uh, anything that is not right for you. Yeah. Well, Patrick, is there anything we haven't, we haven't covered, uh, tonight that you wanted to make sure we, we got to? Oh, wow. Uh, we can go on for a long period of time. Sorry. Oh yeah. No, that's <laughs> why I'm asking. I could, talk, I could talk a long time for this, but then again, I know part of, uh, put people to sleep but um <laughs> one thing i one thing i really would like to bring up is uh i'm do i'm holding a um home improvement expo um i've noticed that many of the people in my neighborhood and neighborhoods nearby um are staying in their homes and they're fixing it versus uh thinking about selling and then what do you do about finding a house when houses are so hard to find um, and I try to tell them, okay, there's a strategy to that. We can, I could do a whole episode on strategy on how to um, buy and sell in this particular market. Um, but I also know that uh, a lot of my neighbors, um, they just need some people they can trust to come by and remodel the house. Come by, do their their, their floors, windows, stuff like that. So we're doing a, a home a home improvement expo. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going to be over at uh, District 249. It's a restaurant with an outdoor section um, right on 249, just south of uh, sure. North And it's Point like Boulevard. the main drag going through Tomball, right? Yeah. It's main drag going into, into Tomball. Um, yeah, and it's it's got a great location for it. Um, and I just hope it's going to be uh, sunny <laughs> instead of raining. Um, but we'll be out there. Um and I'd like to invite people who to come on by and take a look at what uh, what some people can do. And thank you, Craig, for you're going to be there, so you can be able to do some broadcasting at the same time. Oh yeah, so so here's the deal, guys. Uh, Kevin and I are actually going to be attending the uh, Tomball and North Houston Home Improvement Home Decor Expo with Patrick. This is actually going to be a cool event. I mean, like we're going to be out there doing a live show. We're going to be talking to the vendors. We're going to be interviewing some of them. We might even bring some of you up to the microphone to have a chat with us. We're going to have the uh, the infamous homeowners... What do we call it, Kev? The disc. The I just ed- call it the disc. The disc. I don't know what else to call it. <laughs> the it's edifice? Like, it's like eight feet of, <laughs> of roundness. Yeah. That so, looks, it looks like this. If, it, right? if it's ever been your <laughs> dream... It's just this this big disc of... It's, it's perfect is yes, what it is. It's glorious. <laughs> if, you, if, if, if it's ever been your dream to have your picture made in front of it, we will have it there with us. In all of its glory. Who who doesn't have the dream of taking their picture? I don't know. Weird people. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, no, we'll 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 come with with all of our tassels and mics. We're, I'm not showing people my tassels. Okay. Okay. Um. Then you, you heard it, guys. He he didn't say he wasn't going to be wearing them. Yeah. He's just not going to show them to you. Exactly. Totally different scenario. <laughs> yep. Um. So anyway, yeah. This is this is actually going to be really fun. Uh. I'm I'm actually in looking forward to enjoying some food. Yeah. While I'm there, and and actually meeting meeting a lot of these different folks. Yeah. So we'll be broadcasting live. We'll, I think we'll probably put it up on Facebook. Yeah. So you know, come out and see all the vendors. I mean, this may be a really good opportunity for you to get in front of a bunch of people that are doing a lot of different things around your home. And on as a bonus, you get to meet me. Yeah. And Craig will be there too. I will also be there. So. 
not yeah. meeting anyone. And and who knows? I don't want to meet. Maybe his neck will be more swollen. <laughs> I could have gotten stung <laughs> yeah. again by then. <laughs> These are some surly bees. That's yeah. right. That's right. Are you are you going to bring a, a a box of bees? I could, but it I I I think the attendance might drop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. We we could get some good video footage though. That's oh yes. <laughs> Going back to what we were talking about, we need to open video. the box and Absolutely. throw it in the middle of everyone. I mean, who knows? <laughs> who knows what would happen? Pandemonium. Pandemonium. <laughs> It'd be perfect. Yeah. It's like Jeff, Jeff, Jeff Foxworthy. <laughs> He's like, it was pandelirium. <laughs> pandelirium. <laughs> we thought we'd be killed or even worse. Well, so let, let's make sure everybody knows. So this is May 1st. It's going to be from 11 to 4 at District 249 in Tomball. Uh, if you have any, if you want any more information about it, you can email Patrick at Patrick at PatrickTX.com, and we'll have all that in the show notes as well. Um, anything else about the event, Patrick? Um, no, that's it. I mean, I'd, I'd love to have people out there um, and get to know some people. Um, I am certain that I'm going to have some sort of nice giveaway uh, that'll be very useful in the Texas summer heat. Ooh. So mm, intriguing. we'll get that out there too. Yes. All right. All right. Good deal. Well, very cool, man. This is this has been a really good episode. I mean, I think this is one of those one of those things that, Hannah, if you just if you don't know some of these things, you you could be quite overwhelmed whenever you step into me. That because the fun part is going out and looking at the houses. That's the fun part. That's always the fun. Yeah. Part. Let's go look at the houses. Let's see what we can afford. Let's see what we. And then you fall in love with one, and then. You got to go through this next process, and that process can be very stressful. So, um, hopefully, this has been good for the people who are listening right now. Um, just getting some information of what is what does that process look like? You know, uh, what am I stepping into? Because sometimes knowledge is power. In that, I, I just don't have to stress out about what's coming next. I've not done this before. Even if you have done it, maybe it's been a while. Um, and you forgot what it was like. <laughs> um, so yeah, this has been really good. Uh, so, so thank you, Patrick. But before we get away, I don't know if Craig warned you. Nope, I didn't. It's more fun this way. Yes. Uh-oh. So we cannot let you get away without, uh, doing what we do with every one of our guests for the first time. And that is take you through, through the ringer of the final four. The final four. That's right. So, <laughs> so these are the final four questions we ask each one of our guests. So we're just going to jump right into it. You ready? Sure. All right. Here it goes. All right. First question. What is the must-have tool that you won't leave your house without? Oh, it's my cell phone. Uh, <laughs> it's not even a question, is it? No, not at all. Yeah. No, no, no. We we get it. It's funny because like absolutely the number one answer that we get on this uh, this question is cell, cell phone. phone. Yeah, I mean it, we get it. There's so many things you can do with it, and uh, we, we've even joked that like if you don't have the tool, you can just pull up Amazon and order it. <laughs> <laughs> so I think you're covered either way. We have had the occasional handgun answer. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So, but not but those ladies, one. I wouldn't mess with any of them anyway. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we're going to jump into the second question here. So what is a job that you walked away from? If you're reading on the on the screen here, it says, what's a project you walk away from? That's because we actually wrote this question poorly whenever we first wrote it. 
And uh, some people want to talk about a, a career maybe that they walked away from, which is fine if that's the way you want to go. It's a job you walked away from. Uh, but uh, we're actually curious, too, if you have uh, had a project at your house, a job at your house you started and just didn't work out, maybe you want to uh, uh, do this because you're a man, right? But then at the end of the day, <laughs> you're happen. like, no. forget it. I'm calling in the expert. So take it whichever way you want to, but what's a job that you walked away from? Okay. So I actually, I actually enjoy doing lawn work. I actually enjoy going out there and mowing the lawn. Yeah. Um, and, and doing the trimming and stuff like that. But eight two hours. <laughs> uh, my lawn guy comes in and has it done in 15 minutes. Isn't that amazing? I mean, he's got a little team, but it's done in 15 minutes, and it's much better. <laughs> so uh, I'm like – you know, I could, I could, I could step away from something I like for that. You know, but then again, so what I do every once in a while is um, I'll have some fun with a chainsaw and you know <laughs> chop down a tree or something. There you go. <laughs> but yeah. otherwise, um, yeah, I stepped away from that a long time ago. And then my wife also said, you know what? It's hot outside. Uh, you can have a heart attack. Don't do this. That's right. <laughs> so, <laughs> Smart wife. I said, okay, my guys, my guys, uh, my uh, my lawn guys come in. They do a great job. They take care of my trees too. So awesome. My wife won't let me go up the tree with a chainsaw either. <laughs> hey, th- this is all right. Pay she's attention. Holding, she's holding you back, man. Yeah. Pay, well, I don't know. <laughs> pay attention here, because because she somehow he fig- he broke the code. He broke the code. He he figured out a way to get his wife to tell him to pay someone to do something. This is a this is a I don't know guys you need to pay attention follow Patrick he's way smarter than he's letting on right now because he's on, broken the on. code there I need a, I need a couple of follow up questions Patrick are you doing laundry and dishes uh, unfortunately yes oh man there you go no see she yep. she broke the code she, she it's bro- just in her favor she broke the code the other way too yeah, yeah yeah this is this is they've got the most healthy marriage ever <laughs> this is it we 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 found it out all, all right. right. All right, we're going to move on to number three. How do you wind down at the end of a long day? Oh, wow. Um, I actually hang with my boys. Um, I got two boys. Uh, they're 12 and 14. Great. And and we hang. We uh, either play uh, – they play a video game or uh, <laughs> we play a card game. Um, and then we just we just relax together and spend a little time together. Um you talking about so, like you talking about like traditional deck of cards? Or is there like a like a kind of game that you guys play? Um, a traditional deck of cards, a non-traditional game. A game called Nerts. I never heard oh, about it. Oh yeah, Nerts. My son, my son brought it in, and it was you know some sort of a um, multi-part multiplayer solitaire game. Okay. And they have fun with it, and uh, for me, it's whatever time I could spend with those guys. It's great. I just wish they could. I could get them to come out there and do some lawn work with me. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Craig, have you ever played Nerds? It's been it's been a day or two, but okay. I, I think back in the day I did play some Nerds. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it, was, it was a good youth group game back yeah. in the day. Yeah, 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 definitely. I think cool. I remember another one called VC that's kind of similar. Is that VC? VC. Yeah. No, I don't know that one. Okay. I know. I know. Um, Apparently. Like E R G or E R S. Sorry, E R S. You know uh, that one? I don't. Egyptian Rat Screw. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. 
ERG. I don't know what I'm. Uh, yeah, I, can, I can't make up acronyms. I can't acronym right now, y'all. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, cool. Man, that that sounds awesome. Cool. And I, I I actually love that. We 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 Craig and I say this a lot. We we are big big advocate advocates of uh, a family time and spending time with your family. So I I love that. That's a great great answer. I think a lot of people would do well to 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 hear and and model that as well. That's excellent <laughs> stuff, man. Uh, all right, fourth final question. Uh, what is one of the best pieces of wisdom or or advice that you've ever received? Oh wow. Okay. Um, there's so many different pieces that are great. It's hard to really choose one, except that I go back to the Jim Rohn thing. You're the five people you spend the most time with. Uh, you know, on the professional level. Um, they they will make uh, make or break you. I mean, you if you are around people that challenge you, um, healthy challenges, of course, uh, and push you to do more um, and be a better person. Um, that's that's the best. That's to me. That's the best advice. Get yourself surrounded by good people, and you know, be a good example for more good people. Absolutely, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, I'm I'm a big Jim Rohn fan. So he's he's. I actually, uh, he, uh, me and my daughter actually sit down and take some of his classes together from time to time. So the guy's still adding value from the grave. Yeah. So definitely. It's incredible. Cool. Well, uh, I, I hate to tell you this, um, but we, we actually have one more question (laughs) and and I actually, it's, it's, it's an easy question, which is why Craig gets to ask the question. It's also the only question I can remember. That's right. Patrick, how do people get a hold of you if they want to? Okay, the best way to get a hold of me is to email me at patrick at patricktx.com. That's TX uh, for Texas or Patrick Tango X-ray to, <laughs> dot com. So, uh, or my phone number, uh, my office phone number uh, always gets to my cell phone no matter what, and that's 832 832-639-3350. Um, again, eight, three, two, six, three, nine, three, three, five, zero, and it'll get to me. And then I'll be calling you back as soon as I can. Fantastic. Yeah. That's excellent. Well, Kev, we did another show. Yeah. Yeah. It took us a while to get going, but we, and this was, <laughs> this was really good. And like you said, uh, Patrick, I, I know that there is a lot more that we could, you know, really sink our teeth in, dive into, and maybe we'll do that another time. But, uh, for now, Thank you all for taking the time to download this episode, and uh, we we are just very very thankful for all of you out there. And uh, we ask that you would uh, take a moment and hit that subscribe button if you haven't already, and uh, go over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating or a review. That would be really really helpful for us. Uh, but yeah, we are here each and every Tuesday, so thank you and come back and. Until next time, we'll see you later. See you.